Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Staggering Stories podcast. Woo-hoo! Today you're listening to me, Stephen Clare. Hi, I'm Adam. And I, yes, I am merely Keith. Yeah, we're so few today. Yeah, yeah yes, today so you're few. just Keith. We're not going to call you anything else. No, or say. no, no. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not fake. I'm not real. I am merely Keith. Just the Keith. Yes. So okay. unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a sausage fest. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yes, without further ado, the news mm. from El Presidente. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor News. Ooh. Animated Death. Oh. oh. For a few years now, we've been accustomed to the BBC Studios releasing newly animated versions of missing Doctor Who stories. If the Mirror newspaper is to be believed, however, these days may be coming to an end very soon. It has long been known that BBC America has helped fund these animations, with them getting the rights to screen the stories in the United States and BBC Studios releasing them on DVD and Blu-ray. Reports, however, suggest that the contract was up for renegotiation after the next story of the Bonneville Snowmen but a new agreement could not be reached. Ooh. The Radio Times has sent its crack team in, and their deep throat suggests that the range isn't cancelled as such, but instead, BBC Studios are seeking a new partner to get in bed with. If they fail, don't expect an official announcement. But if they succeed, then maybe, hopefully, sometime in this year of 2022, we might get a press release about another new animation. Fingers crossed. It does seem rather bizarre to me. (laughs) I know BBC America is an independent, different, not the same as the BBC corporation. Half owned, are they, by BBC Studios? Yeah. Maybe just under half. I don't know how it it goes. Yeah, it's it's the BBC itself. It's a strange political entity. Yeah, Yeah. it's got its own independent decision-making. They decided not to, apparently, decided not to carry on with them. Yeah. Well, getting the ratings, maybe? Not worth their while? I don't know. Yeah, well, this is it. I I didn't realise they were actually broadcast in Stateside. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I no, only thought no. they came out yeah, on DVD I, and Blu-ray. I 
think they they're broadcast before they arrive on disc. Yeah, in yeah. America. Right. Yeah, okay. I think we get them on disc pretty early. Yeah, around the same time they get it broadcast. Yeah, and then it gets released later on disc. I think. People suggest maybe Britbox might... Uh... Good me. That's another part-owned BBC thing, isn't it? Yeah. Britbox, certainly in the UK, has all of Classic Who. Yeah. I don't know what the state is of Britbox in America, if they've got Classic Who or yeah. not. I don't know. Well, one wonders, if that's the case, are they going to be withdrawing it from Classic Who from BBC America? Because there, there does seem to be sort of a, a family snit. Yeah. going on there. It's a weird one. I, I, I could say, yes, I understand this, but it's because of uh, Web of Fear and how atrocious that was, but, <laughs> but I won't go there. I think that wasn't part of the package deal. <laughs> From what I've heard, that's a separate thing. Funded entirely by BBC Studios, not BBC America. Ah, that, again, that could be... Which might explain why it was so poorly done. It was done yeah. on a really low budget. Yeah, explains a lot. So a we lot. may get more of that. <laughs> oh, oh, no! Yeah. No! Yeah. Oh, a thousand times now. I'll have to stop <laughs> buying the animations then until they uh, re-release them with new animations. Yeah, or some kind of AI reconstruction <laughs> of uh, the actors. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is quite horrific. Right, okay. Quantum Leap. Oh, yeah. New series coming. Mm. I can't really... Side point, I'm quite surprised you haven't pronounced this one. I oh, know, really? Okay. Yeah, I know you were in the front, but I, I remember you back in the day with Quantum Leap. Yeah, I used to love Quantum Leap, yeah. 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 Right, where was I? With streaming now leading the way, traditional TV networks are seemingly getting increasingly concerned about being left behind. Mm. What better way to get people back to reviving a popular old TV series? Mm. Now it's the turn of NBC as they wonder what happened to the audience that once watched the time-travelling Sam Beckett turning into a chimp. Mm-hmm. This new Quantum Leap appears to be a continuation, they described as such. It's been 30 years since Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap accelerator and vanished. <laughs> now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in hopes of understanding the mystery behind the machine and the man who created it. Mm. It is currently unknown whether Scott Balaka... Bacula, I think. Thank you, Bacula. Like Dracula. Dracula, Bacula, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ...will be involved, though it would be a shame if he didn't get a guest star from time to time. Mm. With the death of Dean Stockwell last year, it seems certain that Al will not appear possibly having been eaten by Tina's crocodile. Like Babylon 5 reboot, this is a strictly pilot right now, but if successful, we may see it picked up for a full season later this year. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, that will be interesting. I like the way it finished originally myself, but... Uh, Yeah, I don't know how he could continue leaping... Infinitely, unless he's literally entering everybody at every time they have a crisis in their life. <laughs> you know, if he never stops, then literally he has to leap into everybody at some point. Yeah. Well, there, there's... <laughs> Probably every point in their life. There, there is, there's the Facebook <laughs> meme that actually states, uh, is your friend not, not recognising you? Is he talking to someone who's not there? Is he <laughs> reacting to certain things? He may be Scott Bakula who's let into him. <laughs> I like the fact that it's not a reboot. Yeah. According to that, at least. Right. And they are going to have a new set of characters who are investigating what happened. Yeah. And presumably one of them will end up going to the... <laughs> Being leapt. Into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and yeah. join him in their timeline. Right, so it's, um, I don't think, like we have with the Firefly, I don't think it would necessarily work with a whole new set of characters pretending to be the old characters no. because again with with uh, Dean Stockwell and Scott Bakula there was that certain yeah 
it, they clicked. There was that certain magic between the both yeah, of them. They won't recast Al. Like, yeah. Surely they could never. They could never. Yeah, do um, not not the lecherous, wonderful Al. No, no, and that sort of character you couldn't really have nowadays either. You no, have oh god, quite no. Like that. no. <laughs> he was good. <laughs> it was Al a character who couldn't really go beyond the nineties? I mean, even the noughties he was starting. I, to excuse get a bit. me, um, <laughs> as as you are um, uh, a person who is a svelte of years, <laughs> do you remember Quantum Leap? Have you seen? I haven't seen Quantum Leap. Yeah. Ah, yeah. that's a shame that's it's a all shame. over BBC I'm, Two I'm aware of it yeah to an extent uh, it, but no I've not seen it again it's another one that certainly had its moments okay. yeah there were some really weird ones like the one where he turned into a chimp yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe I should do some research on YouTube, <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> but it's quite the acting tour de force by oh, God, Scott Baker. yeah I mean uh, it, those it, two are going to be very yeah, hard it, it demonstrated uh, Scott ba- Bakula's uh, acting ability because when he leapt into someone, he will also take on certain aspects of that person's personality. Right, okay. At least for a little... So it was, for his point of view, it was an acting tour de force. Yeah. So what happened with he leapt into Captain Archer? I've no idea. He got no <laughs> acting skills there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so one of my favourite favorite ones from all of it was the Man of La Mancha one. Yeah, yeah, we have that, the, uh, the musical one. Yeah, which, we, again, really demonstrated his, his singing abilities, and he's got a wonderful singing voice. Yeah, and he had the evil leaper too, didn't he? Oh, Oh, yeah. Later on in the series, will they come back to that? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah. a lot of potential there. Yeah. But it's going to be a tough one to cast. Yeah. Doctor Who, Bambara's Wilderness Years. Oh, good oh, old Bambara. Yes. Those audio mongers, big finish, are at it again. <laughs> <laughs> they found a gap in Doctor Who continuity and naturally feel the urge to fill it. <laughs> there are currently two eras of unit provided by Big Finish: the classic third Doctor era with Leftbridge Stewart, and the new Who era with Kate Stewart at Osgood. <laughs> Now, we have the in-between of Brigadier Winifred Bamborough getting her own series, as played by Angela Bruce. Mm. Bamborough originally appeared in Sylvester McCoy's 1989 story, Battlefield, set roughly in the year 1997. The first box set, Unit Brave New World, is due out in June 2022. But other than that, who might also feature is currently unknown. Mm. Why do I get the sudden vision of Nick Briggs wandering around with a crowbar, whistling to himself, and then seeing a small gap in the continuity, <laughs> shoving the crowbar <laughs> in and going, <laughs> yeah, well, shove it in there. <laughs> you just see to see what they do with this, because that time period is obviously bereft of Doctor Who stories, apart from the, yeah. uh, the TV movie. So there aren't really many stories set in that period. Yeah. They, they didn't have invasions every other week in the 90s. No. Because no. there no Doctor Who <laughs> on screen. It, it, yeah, it calmed down. <laughs> it happened, but we didn't see it. Yeah. It did, yeah, but also means you don't have any side characters particularly. No. I mean, the, you bring in? the most they could possibly bring in, I think, would be Anselin. Yes, who, I mean, Who ended up as uh, Bambera's bow, I think. Yes, yeah, seems... Or certainly in fan circles. It's only implied that that was... Yeah. They, they could obviously yes. say it fell apart and... Swapping credentials. So it'd be good if he's in it, yeah. Who else have we got? Uh, Robert Jezik could turn up as... What was his name? Sir Begniev? No, oh, well... Is it? I think. Uh, try to remember Basriot. The Brickley Deer himself potentially could turn up. Yeah. He's still alive. Yeah. So that's uh, another thing for... Um, John Colshaw, yeah. John, John Colshaw, yeah. yeah. I think if memory serves, there was one story in the Virgin New Adventures range mm-hmm. that featured Bambera. 
Oh, right. There is a big finish, too. And Lost there was, Story. There is a big finish, yeah, Lost Story. Type. Which was meant to be season 27, I think, they t- yeah. the idea to bring Bambera back. Yeah. I've not heard it. I have, but it's been a long time. Mm. It's memory fades. So it depends what characters they have around there they could... But as we've seen from the Kate Stewart uh, unit, mm-hmm. and I think a few false attempts units that they've had big finish have done back in the day is they oh, yes. they yeah. they quite quickly write in a surrounding cast of characters oh yeah we have some original characters yeah definitely. potentially you could have some doctors nice turn up yeah yeah or any doctor really but see, they're the obvious maybe they'll get a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can have that i know idea like that sure they've gone off to get the cup of tea maybe we can hear them having it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there's a conversation between them and Paul McGann and Russell T. Davis and planning the yeah, future of the show. There you go, you got the whole lot. But yeah, it would. Again, as as you put down here, they're they're very prolific audio mongers. They are, and it comes to a point where you have to. Well, I certainly have to pick and choose. What ones do I want to collect? Oh, everybody does at this point, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, they've they've changed their mantra now. Their their tagline used to be uh, "We love stories." Yeah, it's now "For the love of stories." <laughs> <laughs> oh, For the love of stories. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh. I, don't, I don't think you meant to say it that way, but uh, <laughs> but you you've a bit of poetic license. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Any addendums then? Addendums. Do you have addendums? I have. Two. Two. Well, actually, I've got three, but one of them isn't mine. <laughs> okay. okay. It's, it's One of them is from uh, uh, Fake Keith. She managed to, before she was arrested, she managed oh, to right. scribble something down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah. My, my first addendum, and this is picking up from something from uh, a little while ago, Eve Online. Oh, yes. That's now live, isn't it? It's, yeah. This went I've live on the 13th, there. and I think it's continuing through to the 2nd of February. Okay, good. So it's a limited time only. Yeah. But, but EVE Online have introduced Daleks to the yeah. game. Daleks <laughs> and, and Gallifrey, as far as I know as well. Okay. There's a, a sort of a quest that you follow to pick up these various items, and if you collect enough of these temple items or, mm-hmm. or special items, you can get projected into a pocket universe around Gallifrey mm-hmm. and face off against Daleks. Okay. EVE Online is a, a massive multiplayer online game mm. that I could be mistaken, but it's at least as old as World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah, it's... If not, if not older, I'm not sure. But. I was looking back at my old account, and I stopped playing in 2010. Yeah. And uh, it was a few years old by that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's been around for quite some time. Yeah. I think it's five years ago I reported that um, they had trouble with their AI. Mm-hmm. On an update, they updated the, their AI to make the game slightly more difficult. And as... It's a space game, trade and space empires and whatever. They have space pirates yeah. that go in. And the space pirates invented or created a gravity well generator that knocked you out of hyperspace so they could come and attack you. Okay. The gravity well generator as itself did not exist in the game. The AI invented it itself. <laughs> it, Wait, it took. It took technology that was current in the game yeah so it took all different bits put them together in a way that the designers had not anticipated and created gravity well generators that managed to knock the ships out of hyperspace so they can attack them and then the game itself the space pirates went after the players okay 
that's kind and, of scary. And now they've introduced <laughs> Daleks. Do you see where I'm going with this? I have a question. Is the AI in any way run by that corporation, otherwise known as... Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it does. You know, it, 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 the back of my head, so this is how the world could possibly end. And, and as <laughs> I said, they've now gone and introduced Daleks into the game. Yeah, I have resubs. Must get back into it now. They've activated it. I must yeah. get back in. And uh, so I, I've got. A, I've saved off my favourites a couple of videos explaining the ins and outs, and I shall put them on a, later. So yeah. So the next step. For the game would be Jumanji in space. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm just thinking of revolution of the Daleks. You know, let them let the AI break out somewhere, get hold of a 3D printer. No, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, My second addendum. Yeah. This one is quite interesting. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, right. It's still going on producing ca- uh, calendars. They are still. Oh, yeah, yeah. They uh, still produce. Yeah, yeah, I know this. Yeah, I they know they, they still produce. Uh, <laughs> Um, Buffy calendars and one of the latest calendar has on January has the all the cast lineup yep which and do you, do you, please do you want to? Matt Smith for some reason yep has been added to the calendar and it's like what yeah. <laughs> to, to yeah, my knowledge it is it, to my knowledge it is Matt Smith's doctor uh, in January in costume right yeah yeah and I'm not sure which other month but they've also got Azal the demon in it as well. Really? In okay. in, in the villains yeah. section. I assume this is an unofficial calendar. Yeah, but I think what I've heard, uh, that's something they've taken off Deviant Art yeah. without permission. Yeah, they've just, just <laughs> gone out and grabbed. It's. I'm. I'm not sure if it's an official Buffy calendar or an unofficial official calendar. But it is... It's only a Buffy calendar, but yeah. I don't, I'm not sure it's licensed. Yeah. They wouldn't just steal people's images off well, of uh, it's DeviantArt like, or equivalent or whatever. Like I say, the, the information I read is the guy created these photos mm-hmm. for a short story who's running of yeah. a Buffy Doctor crossover. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's interesting. Mm. <laughs> I think sort of. I'd like, like that crossover. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like that. I think there's sort of various license agreements that is going to have to be discussed somewhere. Yeah, well, he certainly uh, has some light shone on them. Whoever is making this calendar. Yeah, yeah. Probably not in a good way. No, 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 no. Addendum the final. Okay, from the final Keith. addendum. From, is this the addendum that's not actually your addendum. This is not addendum. my addendum. This is fake Keith's addendum. I have it. <laughs> you see, I have it on this bit of paper she here. She's been in shorthand, has she? she? No, she hasn't done it. It's, it's actually been you. She used her uh, never-ending ink, i.e., a cut finger and writing with it. Oh, okay. That's in red. They, yeah, they, they didn't even allow her crayons. Right. But it is in red. Yes. Uh, Jodie Whittaker is going to her first Comic Con. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So naturally, the Mirror has made a fuss about how much per autograph or pics that she is requesting. Being, being charged, yeah. The price they quote in their headline is the joint par- price with Mandip Gill. Right. But they are claiming it is just her. Oh, really? I guess a bit uh, misrepresented. Yeah, so a little bit of uh, poetic license going on. Yeah, I on think there. we know somebody who has uh, tickets for that. Oh. Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm going to be meeting Judy Whittaker. <laughs> 
on the same subject, I actually saw something earlier. I can't remember if it was a link or something, but Jodie Whittaker isn't actually the most expensive like guest they've yeah. had there because I've seen like they had like a little chart and it was saying like the most expensive of the doctors that have been and yeah, like I think David Tennant or yeah. Christopher Eccleston have been more expensive yeah. than Jodie's been charged. Uh, and and it's like seventy five pound per paragraph, and like when Eccleston first went, he was at ninety five. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, it's not the unusual amounts, unfortunately. What yeah, is well, impressive though is sorry, if I'm not correct, I think I am. This is possibly the first Doctor they've got at the con whilst they're still on TV. Technically, Ooh, yeah. Maybe. I'm trying to think. Because she's still yeah. officially, although she's yeah. obviously filmed yeah, her last yeah, scene, filming left the show, she hasn't, she's still obviously... Yeah, she's still the face of the programme. Yeah, exactly, she's still the face of the programme. I'm trying to remember when Tennant first did his. Was he in some position where he'd finished filming but hadn't all gone out yet? I can't remember. I can't, I can't. But, so, back to the, the charging and the, the money that exchange had, the most notorious one is Shatner. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, who, who ch- charges for coughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, and no disrespect, it's not an uncommon practice. No, no. And, no. yes, the price may be steep, but if you look back in the 70s, during the day when the Star Trek lot were doing it, mm-hmm. I think the prices are comparable. Yeah, yeah taking inflation, inflation and, and, and whatever. Yeah. yeah. In this country, it didn't tend to be that way, but it's very much American influence. Yeah. The prices jacked right up. But yeah. It used to be you didn't pay anything. You go on to convention and you just. Back, back in the day. Get an autograph back, and, back when we used to yeah. go to conventions. Yeah. yeah. So it's not unusual. Yeah. It's not anything to throw yeah. your hat out. The I say tempted to get a photo with the head of Bertie, but I don't know what the COVID restrictions will be. Yeah. Will she be allowed to touch my head? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That, that, that's my addendums. So is that it for the news? I believe so. I think so, yes. That's end it for the news. So, um, as usual, we've been obviously listening to stuff and we've been watching stuff as well. And we following on from how we left the last thing with David Tennant, we've been watching Around the World in 80 Days. Woo! Pause for music. Right, this is Jules Verne's Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah, Jules Indeed, Verne. originally. Yeah. Um, changed uh, Music but... by Hans Zimmer. Yep. Oh, yes, I noticed that, yep. yeah. He co-wrote the theme tune, certainly. Yeah. yeah. i got to admit, I have never actually read the book. Nor me. So I don't know how well this equates to the book. I have very distant memories of the David Niven Disney film. Right, yeah, there have been several adaptations. Yeah. I've never seen... There was one with Jackie Chan, I think. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. there was one that Uh, was... Woody Fogg as well, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... um, I think it was actually more accurate than this version, in many ways. I I don't know how well, how, how accurate it is. However... I enjoyed it. It it was a fun romp. Yeah, I, it, it, I believe it is still going on being shown on BBC One as we discussed this. Oh, is it? Okay. I think. Yeah. I they think put it all a, on to iPlayer yeah, I a while think, back. I think we've got one more episode left to, left to show. Okay, so, so yeah, my time so is coming. It, it happened weirdly. Like, they were like, yeah. we'll drop the first two episodes. Then like a week or so later, they were like, we'll drop the next two. But whilst we do that, we're also going to drop the final four on iPlayer. Yeah. And then... <laughs> right, OK. And, and then, then it was still going out like, one a week. Yeah. yeah, and then they start showing them only once yeah. once a week. OK. On BBC. So it does... 
I don't watch live TV anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> Very brief outline mm-hmm. is uh, someone, uh, Phileas Fogg, declares that it was possible to go around the world in 80 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, a member, another member of his club, Bellamy, yep. challenges him to prove that. Yep, David Bellamy. And also puts up, uh, they, they take a bet of about £2,000? £20,000. £20,000. It's worth about a million or something. Yeah, which is, and, and in the and, and the period it is set is an yeah. astronomical amount, yeah. and we follow his adventures as he tries to make it around the world in eighty days. And yep. also in the latter half, we have Bellamy, who is a scoundrel mm. and a cad <laughs> and a bounder. His tales of trying to disrupt his uh, journey so yep. he could win the bet from London. From London, yes. an agent sent out to try to delay or even kill Fog. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think he purposely wants him to be killed, but the agent sort of bit, uh, yeah. goes Hope above and beyond. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got two people with him. Yeah. His valet, who is yeah, who does have a first name, is never mentioned in this no. version. And a journalist who's not in the original book, I don't think, as such. She's Abigail Fix, yeah, yeah. a.k.a. Fortescue. Yes. And her dad is Bernard Fortescue. Yeah. Who, as I understand it, of the club. in the book, yeah. there's an agent called Fix who's chasing him. Could be. That that could have been the agent who's uh, been hired. Maybe. Yeah. And then when he gets to India, he meets somebody who then travels with him. I think in, so. In this role, effectively. So yeah. there's been some mixing it up. Well, but it, it works quite well. Yeah, it still, yeah. It still, that, that was your phone. <laughs> it, was phone. <laughs> it still works. It, it's still enjoyable. Like I say, I, I got no basis of book to p- compare it against. So I don't know no, I what don't. has been changed, if anything. But what I've, what I've viewed works. I enjoyed it. It's, yeah. We went online and watched the last three episodes, and I, I probably would have done that if I had been watching it by myself anyway, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there was enough to keep yeah. dragging me on. There was enough; yeah, yeah, I had yeah. enough interest in it to want to know what happened next. I don't remember seeing much of it around the world in 80 days. I mean, I think I probably might have seen the movies at some point. Um, I may have done. I can't remember. But I had been keeping a close eye on this for a long time, since like, David Tennant was first announced as doing it, because... I just am a David Tennant fan. Yeah, yeah. So, admittedly, so that's that was the driving force to watch the show was, yeah. I like David Tennant, this looks like it will be a cool thing. Yeah. It's a series of him, so when it comes out, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's a really good show. I have to say, I knew he was a good actor, but this shows me <laughs> how much of a great actor yeah. he is. Oh, like, yeah. especially Especially in, like, the fourth episode. Right. You remember when they're in the, the Ghost of the Wedding? Yes. In India. Yeah. And then he gets... Affected at the end, uh, he has to do his big speech and things. Is that what you mean? Yeah, makes make his speech. Yeah, and he was poisoned, he poisoned as well. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, he showed his range so much. Oh in yeah. episode, and I was yeah. just like, whoa. <laughs> that is a damn good speech that he gives yeah. there. Yeah. I know, I know, it's written for him, well, and I, but it it shows how much the actor and it is. It's it's done with such heartfelt pathos as well. Mm, yeah, because it shows him first. Making mistake after mistake yeah. because I say, yeah. "Oh, this is I am guilty," and, and then it's only when um, he hears like the, the sheriff saying about being a coward and stuff, which yeah. is something that he'd Some... been involved with him. Yeah, something clicked in him, and then he was like, "Right, no, I know what I'm saying." And yeah, yeah. 
But no, David Tennant does really good at all that stuff. Oh, it's God, just yeah. Just like... It starts off the bumbling Englishman abroad. Yeah. The, the character he plays, he's a man of the world, but he's really quite naive. Yeah. He you just know. lives in his club. Yeah, he's, it's it's house, club, club, house. That, that is virtually Yeah, he, he must have been born into money or something. He doesn't yeah. seem to actually earn any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Most of the, the club earners were born into money in some way or fashion. But there's only one or two that actually seemed to have a job, which was... We obviously had the uh, the Telegraph uh, editor. Thank you. That's the guy I was trying to remember his yeah, name. Yeah, but... Bernard Fortescue. Thank you, yeah. Fortescue. Watkins. Yeah, Fortescue. But his, his frenemy yeah. is also get the idea that he's uh, born into money and is more of the Lothario life. Yeah. I, he's yeah. frittered away all his money. Yeah, yeah. bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say that Ted's performance reminded me a lot, and other people said this too, of uh, John Smith from Family of Blood. I, I will, I will yeah, yeah, say yeah. that. Uh, I'd it's certainly a similar sort of character. I would say yeah. it's similar, but uh, it goes slightly beyond where uh, Smith was. He, he obviously has eight episodes here to, yeah. to grow the character, and he definitely does grow as a character. Yeah, I don't know if you guys get this as well, but when you you know an actor for like a certain role, yeah, yeah. most so obviously for us, the Doctor, like, yeah. Everyone yep. of us, like we know David Tennant, mostly is the seventh doctor. And then you watch him in other stuff and you know that he's an actor and he's doing all these other characters and stuff. And you can see him being different characters. Mm-hmm. But every now and again, you see like a scene or something. or something, something pops up and you're like, wait, that was the moment he did as 10. Yeah, it's inevitable. <laughs> like, there, was, there was a bit, um, I can't remember which episode it is, but it's at the beginning of the episode, they've just gotten off the train. It's at the wedding episode. And they're okay. going up the hill, and then all those flies are flying around. And then the fly goes on his eye and it's like, there's a fly, that's an actual fly. <laughs> and that moment was like, yeah. he's literally being the doctor. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Inevitable with actors, because they, obviously they bring something of themselves to it. Yeah, yeah. You guess, yeah, in different roles. Certainly with a role as nebulously set as the doctor. Yeah. By necessity, they don't necessarily write a personality for it. That is brought in by yeah. the actor. But also, yeah. I, they had a very strong cast because i loved mm. pass by two pass by two yeah, as well yeah, yeah. ibrahim coma yeah mm. i mean he he was a very strong character who had range or life beyond what we were seeing i mean yeah the, well, the, 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 the second episode the french revolution with his brother and yeah. he had a, a nice powerful. bit of will he betray fog or yeah. not and, the, yeah. that was and he good. was also you got the idea it was something of a ladies man because there was the will they won't they relationship with uh Fix, yeah, fix. Uh, the journalist, journalist yeah, and, and you had something going on when we first met him with him and the maid yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, below yeah. stairs. And the, you know, and yeah. it's a French character. And yes, uh, the actor is actually French. Yeah. Whereas Fix, she's an English character, but yeah. she's actually German. <laughs> you yeah. never know it. You know, she was, uh, yeah, not amazing. Trace, I'd never have guessed that she was. Yeah, I've just seen English. that as well, and I'm just like. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's called being an actor. You meant to adopt any, be able to adopt well, any role. But I agree with you. I didn't yeah, know. I didn't know. Yeah, incredible. But I do. Accent, I like the way that the chemistry does evolve over the series. Yeah. Like at the beginning, like you were saying, like Tennant's character was very like in the gentleman's club, yeah, like kind of standoffish, time, just yeah. a little bit standoffish and stuff. But I think the adventure, like you see, actually changes him through the events, the experiences that happen, and yeah. things oh, that yeah. happen. But that happens all three of the char- main characters. Like, yeah, they all oh, change. God, yeah. And mm-hmm. you do see like the chemistry between Passport Two and yeah. Fix. 
Yeah, like literally, like just the whole show and like everything happens is really good. Yeah, and obviously, understandably, the bet's done, but supposedly it's going to be another season, or I certainly hope there is. There, there is certainly a big hint at the end of yeah. the uh, final yeah, episode yeah. where they get to go. Yeah, with two another thousand, Jules Verne. Yeah, two thousand yeah. leagues. Yeah, yeah. It seems that way. So and whether they'll be playing the same characters or they'll be playing characters from the book is another matter. No, I'm sure they'll be playing the same characters. Somehow they they rewrite. Yeah, twenty thousand leagues under yeah. the sea. Yeah, take with liberties. Phyllis Fogg and but that show is. And fix. That shows again how much Tennant's character Phyllis Fogg has changed because yeah. he was obviously just sat in the chair not doing much but at the end of the episode he still just wants to go on an adventure he yeah. wants to, he's like, something else. he doesn't want anything else for this well, like, new. he won the bet but gave his money up anyway to, and I, I bet the, the bad guy um, Bellamy yeah, I mm. bet he somehow evolved in the next series well, this, too. This, uh, How did he lose all his money? Was it because of? Well, mm. the, this uh, is it. You, you've got the, the debts. He could settle the debt, but he has been ruined. Yes, but she's going to make him more of a villain. Yeah, it? his reputation has been ruined, and did that period of time, the late eighteen nineties or eighteen seventy three, I think could be. Could be. I mean, the book is eighteen seventy three. Anyway, yeah, you had uh, people come off from the, who survived the Titanic. Who I know this was 1911, but we yeah. had people who survived the Titanic who the rumour got out is they got on the boat with women and children and they were ruined. Yeah. I'm they sure. lost everything because no one would trade with them. No one would deal with them because they were a coward. They didn't have mm. that reputation. Yeah. They they lost everything. I did like the way as Fogg went around the world, he became more and more famous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Notoriety almost. Yeah. The, um, what is it, in Mexico with the train? Boy who had the piece of oh, wood okay. in his leg and they had to go with the train uh, over the yeah, gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that, was, yeah. Europe that was Europe. Yeah, but at the beginning of that, his fame had preceded him. And also the one in Hong Kong with yes. the governor's wife. Yeah. Again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they had the party particularly because he was there. Yeah. yeah. It is like that scene when the wife of the governor was in charge. <laughs> yeah. Quite clearly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 She, she's the power behind yeah. the throne. She's like, you were going to have this party for him, aren't you? She's like, I am, oh, am I? I, I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, not knowing the book, I don't know how many the events they've reworked for the yeah. TV series, how many have been left out entirely yeah. or how many have added. But it felt to me like... Eight episodes wasn't really enough for 80 days. Yeah. They should probably have split it into two seasons. I do, and more events. As they... I do know the, the last episode, the date mix-up. How the book ends. Yeah, the one day in yeah, front I of knew that. that is, yeah, yeah. yeah, that is from... That's a staple. That is from the, sh- uh, the story. Yeah, I, I knew that much. I must have seen enough of 80 Days Around the World to know that happens. At some point in time, yeah. yeah. A couple of other actors that I noticed in there that I yeah. recognised. Um, Richard Wilson. Did yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It took Butler. me a moment because yeah, he's yeah. so old now. Yeah. And yeah, part of that may be the makeup, I don't know. <laughs> Friend of David Tennant, Lindsay Duncan popped up. Yes. Oh, she did, yes. Very briefly. Yeah. Uh, also, the. Jane Digby. Yeah, also yep. the uh, owner of the Telegraph. Yeah, Jason Watkins. Jason Watkins, because he's yep. been in uh, Who and also. Being human. Being human. Yeah, yeah, being stuff, human. yeah. yeah great cast. Great Some, series. Yeah, it's good fun. It's going to be interesting what they do with season two. I do have one last question to ask. Yep. Was Gallifrey in it? No. Ooh, I don't know. In his rooms, you have the planets hanging from the ceiling. Oh, Those okay. big, Was one of them Gallifrey? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's... Anyway, a... If we're going on the basis that he's John Smith, <laughs> there must be a fob watch on the shelf somewhere as well. <laughs> it's a couple of decades or more to over John Smith, isn't he? But, yeah. 
remembering uh, Good Omens and yeah. Gallifrey appearing in there. I'm yeah, just wondering. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an Easter egg or two in there. Yeah. Want to pause in a few scenes <laughs> when you get the DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah. Also, can you go through and figure out what was done before and after the break for COVID? Oh. I couldn't tell any, any difference. No. Maybe some of the beach scenes where he's got a bit of stubble on. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. There was the bit on the beach as well when he like made a line between them to kind of separate them from a bit. Maybe that was COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it wasn't just that he didn't like past Petruda at that point. So. <laughs> but yeah, um, let us know what you thought. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Of I the enjoyed it immensely, but tell us what you thought. I know some people have been less upbeat about it. I'm not quite sure why, but if it's yeah. you're one of them, tell us why and what, what have we missed. So if you enjoyed Around the 180 Days or haven't actually uh, watched it yourself yet, please go check it out. It's really, really good. We recommend it. And send us your feedback at show at staggering stories dot net Woo! we did it we got two we got two yeah. <laughs> also Sorry, uh, dolly bit. wells we forgot to mention dolly wells is uh stella What's the name from Dracula? Yeah. Van Helsing. We've also, as of yet, forgot to mention... Oh, yes, we have forgotten to mention the head of Pertwee. Not the head of yes, Pertwee. Yes, we've not mentioned the head of Pertwee. We've He's just sat it. in the corner, just yeah. glaring over well, us. Well, he, he was the one who kept the money and was keeping time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hello, yeah. head of Pertwee. Like you may have done the other three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> dangerous Churchill, Nazi Spock... Graham, where's Graham? I've lost Graham. Where is Graham? Uh, what have you done with Graham? I don't know, it should be there somewhere, unless somebody's nicked him. <gasps> Graham, come back! He's not at the top there. He could be hiding in plain sight. He There's does that. There's a green dragon up there. But yeah, that, that is Terence. Maybe Terence some rotters there. hidden. There he is, he's with Terence! Oh, yeah, 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 there we go. He's up all the way up there. There you go, we, found, we found Graham. Graham. And, and a cardboard skull. Yep. <laughs> we have been watching stuff. I haven't. <laughs> we <laughs> have been watching a relatively new splant spanking Blu-ray video of Doctor Who season 17. Pause for music. Yes, as I record this, this is the latest one. Yep. Been out a month or so, month oh, or so? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I was rather late to the party because I didn't really want to buy this, but I got strong-armed <laughs> into it. Got to get them all. <laughs> this is not a game of Pokemon. <laughs> is it not? No, 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 no. Season 17, yeah, maybe not the strongest. I do have a confession to make. As it has been known quite a lot on this podcast that I have uh, very strong emotional feelings about Horns of Nymon, which is... Is, uh, Sorry, what was that? Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Very strong emotions. Not love, but strong <laughs> emotional feelings about Horns of Nymon. And that was a part of this box set. And I admit, I didn't watch it when it went out live. Mm. I stopped watching Doctor Who because of this season. To my mind, it, it started poor with uh, Destiny of the Daleks. Poked up a little bit with um, City of Death. City of Death. Yeah. City of Death was a good story, yeah. but not an outstanding story that many people claim it is. Yeah. And then we had Creature from the Pit. Yeah, she's and, not great. <laughs> and finally, we had Nightmare of Eden. That's when um, I stopped. At that I stopped watching halfway through Nightmare of Eden. I've never seen Nightmare of Eden. Ah, was yeah. it a nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. 
So the next podcast, let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was it was very poor production values to begin with that got steadily worse as the stories went on. Yeah. And yeah. I've got to admit, when I point the season out to people, people keep telling me, well, City of Death was the highest rate, has, is still <laughs> the highest rated. Technically true, highest rated Technically Doctor Who story ever. Ladies episode. and gentlemen, do you know why it was the highest rated? Because it was produced during 79, which is the infamous Winter of Discontent, where the British government seemed to go to war with the... Uh, unions, yeah. With, with the unions and the general public. And we had mass strikes, civil unrest, nothing was done. And during that time, we had, on telly, we had BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, and then regional ITV, which was Southern. Yeah, which is just ITV, basically. Which was ITV, ITV with a few different news items, I think. But ITV and Southern went off air for six months due to industrial action. So all we had was BBC One and BBC Two. So no wonder City of Death is the highest rated... <laughs> 16.1 million, I yeah, believe. because there, the was no, there was nobody, that, <laughs> nobody there watching everything else. Your only choice was Doctor Who or perhaps the Open University. <laughs> educational, the Open University. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, that's my rant over. We're talking about the special features. Special features in particular, yeah. And again, I'd say this set is a bit disappointing. Yeah. They've got the usual stuff there, which is great, and it's hard really to complain when you've got things like the Matthew Sweet interview, you've got the behind the sofa, that sort of thing. Yeah. But there's nothing extra above and beyond the usual. The behind the sofa is a variation on the commentaries. Or Gogglebox, which is sort of... Yeah, so I I don't necessarily watch or excel at commentaries. If I'm I'm putting one of these on, I'm putting there to watch it, not to have someone talk over. I I know it, I know sometimes it adds to it. In this case, it isn't over the top of the episode. It's it's more like Gogglebox where it's them watching the episode yeah. and reacting to it. You don't sit there and watch the entire episode with them, Mystery Science Theatre style, yeah. sitting in front and com- commentating on it. But they so said the commentaries have never... never. They've t- all got full commentaries too, yeah, on but top of it. I've never really got into or watched the... Um, I, I don't necessarily watch Gogglebox when... I, I've never seen it, but yeah, so <laughs> I assume that's what it is. I, I occasionally watch the reactors, <laughs> but, you know, that's... This is a bit more like a reactor yeah, than, yeah. than uh, a commentary. Yeah, but it's... Uh, also, you got everything that I think. Have they all been released on DVD before? I think they have. Arguably, Sharda hasn't in this well, form because it's been tweaked a bit again. But it, uh, essentially, it has been. On I, I, I didn't get as far as Sharda. They've tweaked it yet again. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> they have. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read that. Watched that rather. Um, yeah. So you've got everything taken from the old uh, the DVDs. I think it's pretty much all there. Yeah, there may be a, th- is, a thing or two missing. I mean, I, I, I wasn't when I watched these. I wasn't sure what is new and what is old. So. Sometimes it's not clear. You can sometimes tell by the video quality. Yeah, that's been upscaled from DVD. That's not, that's not high def. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like the um, the Dalek little documentary and the fact that they've gone back to the locations which still exist even after was yeah. it, 30, 40 years. This this cave mouth is still yeah, there. Still there. So yeah, the quarry is still hasn't is been not mined. Like worn away or no, it hasn't no. been mined further. You can definitely recognise the location. Okay. Yeah. The interview, the Matthew Sweet interview they do each box set they do a Matthew Sweet yeah. interview this time it's with Bob Baker who died only a few yeah, months ago yeah so it's only, only recent obviously he co-created K9 and co-wrote Once and Gromit after yeah. Yeah. the first one which is sort of interesting but an odd choice I think yeah it's nice to have the interview but it's it's very talky head it is yeah it's not one of the better ones I don't 
think. I would probably have had Lana Ward instead or something like that. Yeah. Has Tom Baker done one? I think he has done one, hasn't he? I think it's so, yeah. So. so normally they go for the Doctor or a companion. Yeah, because this was Lana Ward's first one, wasn't it? This season. I know she uh, appeared at Astra, yeah. but this was yeah, her first uh, season as Romana. Romana, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be an obvious one to have done her. Maybe she didn't want to do it. I don't Could know. be. Just, uh, no disrespect, but she's got a little bit standoffish in recent years. <laughs> she does come across that way in interviews occasionally. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no disrespect to the actress whatsoever. I don't mean that as any hostile or... The, it's just... That's the way she is. We have seen her at conventions yeah. once or twice. I don't know if it's her sense of humour, but she does seem yeah. a bit snarky sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A few comments have been made yeah. here and there, but yeah. Before they've done things like uh, the Doctor Cookbook uh, yeah. and getting some of the cast around a, a table in yeah, the restaurant of, and stuff yeah, like that. question and answer session around, around uh, at a dinner. Yeah, yeah, they didn't do anything quite like that on this one. Yeah. I don't know if that's a COVID thing or what. Could be, could be. So yeah, it felt but... like it was missing a, a big headline line yeah special feature something yeah something to up the ante so to yeah speak. another yeah. one they ha- they did a road trip well uh, apparently uh, is that that's, coming in? Is that's it, for that's season 20 that's not out yet because okay. we we saw that at the gallif or saw clips of that at the gallifrey before covid right yeah yeah so that one is still in the uh, season 20 is okay. still in the pipeline somewhere yeah okay so that's gonna come yeah hopefully this year Hopefully, yeah. Peter Davison, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. It was the road trip in the car to yeah, Amsterdam yeah. between Peter Davison, Janet Fielding, and Sarah Sutton. Yeah. And again, some of the... Where's the camera car gone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Some yeah. of the sarkiness that was coming <laughs> yeah. out. The natural spontaneity between those three yeah, yeah. definitely come across. Yeah. Oh, we'll definitely be watching that. And, and, and Janet Fielding apparently does swear a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which she certainly did in the clip we saw. <laughs> yeah. Something I'd like them to do with Doctor one day on these special features or something i don't know if, if the couch things are very similar but it's you know on youtube you see these round tables that talks with yes. actors and stuff yeah like i saw watch one the other day that had andrew garfield nicholas cage okay what's his name the guy from game of thrones Pete english yeah, I think in English. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, several others, but they're always interesting, and they just yeah. talk about various things, and like they started yeah, it, it by talking about... It doesn't... Yeah, it starts off with the subject, in that case, Game of Thrones or whatever, yeah. but it goes off on yeah, a tangent. They were, they, yeah, they were talking about acting classes yeah. and stuff, and what their first lesson would be and yeah. stuff. I don't know if they've done much of that for Doctor Who, like... What are they like on the special features in that regard? It's hard to complain, really, because the special features you get on these box sets are better than anything you get in pretty much any other oh, yeah. box set, particularly the old catalogue TV. Yeah. Something from the 70s like this. What do you get the special features on you TV? I mean, Very little. So we are blessed, but this is a bit of a step down for me compared to, yeah. to most of the... I've I, 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 I got to agree, because there was a long time since I resisted getting Doctor Who DVDs. I resisted doing it for a long time. Because the special features, certainly when it started, wasn't anything. It no, was, some of them didn't have commentaries, did they? Yeah, no commentaries. Maybe a little bit of uncut raw footage from yeah. a studio somewhere. So n- with no context, mm. considering what DVDs and certainly Blu-rays now could have been, they mm. were very, very poor. It took them a long time to get in, so, in a, gear. A year or two, I think. Because a lot of those early ones, they re-released special editions with more special features. Yeah. And then they've taken those DVD extras and they put them into these new box sets with extra special features yeah. on top, which is great. Hard to complain, but I do feel like it could be a little bit more in this particular one. But that's just the way it is, I suppose. Again, given given the news, I wonder these uh, Blu-rays are they done in association with anyone? Are we going to no, be? Lo- are we going to so. be? Lo- are they completely BBC or is it BBC and? 
someone else. I think it's completely BBC Studios. So, so hopefully we'll still get them. Yeah, we should still get them. What they get to do about the logo, I have no idea. <laughs> it's the... Uh, Changes the, every year or two, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's the Whitaker logo. Yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, what I have got on there is a couple of nice interviews with Tom Baker. Yes. There's one which, again, is Matthew Sweet, although you never see him or hear him. Yeah. But he's doing the interviewing, and that's quite a good one. It's quite a candid one with Tom Baker being himself rather than the being, act. Yeah, the guy who takes the conventions. Yeah, and talking of which... <laughs> They've got some old convention footage of him in full Tom Baker mode. Yeah. Which we've seen on stage before. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do it anymore, of course, because of his health. Yeah, the, the the phone call from John Pertwee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, stuff we saw at least a couple of times on stage. Yeah. And they've got some of that on this disc, good. which is I, good. I think I remember someone with Tom Baker at SFX Weekender. Yeah. Banana is a telephone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was crazy. He was just a one man <laughs> yeah, stage show. That's it. it. It was a stage show that he took to him. And I think the compare got to answer one question and then he was off. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. question never actually got answered. Yeah. <laughs> no, he'd just go off on one. Yeah. And yeah. the amazing thing is, we saw him two or three times do this. Yeah. I can't remember there ever really been any overlap in his material. No, no, it was all different subjects, different Tom, but yeah. yeah. So it's good we got some of that on there. I did like the fact, and they've actually included it in there, the trailer for this box set. Oh, with uh, David Goodson's Davros. David Goodson, it was David Goodson back in the original Davros costume and oh, Davros okay. chair. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's the trailer for, for this. So it was quite... Was there a behind the scenes for the trailer? I, yeah. They haven't <laughs> ever done it, have they? Don't think they have, no. They do normally do great trailers for yeah. these boxes. Oh, yeah. yeah. This time it was Davros coming back. Yeah. Which, again, I think not quite as good as some of the other ones we've had, like uh, uh, seen Ace or Dorothy. No, but it's still, uh, I still like this, the fact that they didn't get the new Who chair, chariot and costume right, out yeah. of It yeah. was actually this era's okay. Davros yeah, and yeah. chair. Yeah. But despite the misgivings, still a great package. Yep. Uh, definitely yeah. worth picking up. Oh, yeah. And Despite the contents, it is worth picking yeah. it up. <laughs> <laughs> Season 17. <laughs> okay, so that was the feedback on the box set. Let us know what you thought of the current... Which one was it? Season, season 17. Season 17 Doctor Who box set uh, at show. At Staggering Stories. Dot net. Again, we all got to do it twice. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have a message from the the grave. Oh. He has signaled to us by um, Ouija board and wobble board and radio <laughs> and any other thing you can think of. So at the moment, ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you Crumbly's Corner. Crumbly's Corner! Hello, Crumbly here with another edition of Crumbly's Corner for your delight and delectation. I would like to share my thoughts on the David Tennant version of Around the World in 80 Days. I must admit I approached it with a sense of cautiousness, dismay and trepidation following uh, David Tennant's comments, saying that he criticised the character of Phileas Fogg, saying that he represented everything that's alarming and peculiar about that old sense of British Empire. Trying to keep an open mind after what he said, bearing in mind the uh, disastrous, hair-shirt-wearing, hand-wringingly woke version of War of the Worlds, and the very disappointing adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula, I sat down to watch. Putting aside Mr Tennant's uh, misguided um, remarks, to say I was very pleasantly uh, surprised would be an understatement. I thoroughly enjoyed this adaptation. In a time where the BBC has form for mangling classic novels, this made a very refreshing change. 
a series that stayed faithful to the original novel and didn't tie it up in knots. Even though David's thoughts about the character are well documented, he was perfect for the role, a young man growing older in the musty surroundings of London's Reform Club, rooted in his favourite armchair reading the daily papers. The novel, despite the wager and uh, ensuing journey, is also much a, very much a spiritual journey for Phileas Fogg, as he learns what the outside world is like and grows and develops mentally as his trek continues. David Tennant has a fine retinue of supporting uh, cast members. Ibrahim Koma is a very good passepartout, the ever-faithful valley who becomes a firm friend and confidant. Despite his rather murky past and taking a bribe in order to uh, scupper Fogg's journey, Leonie Banesh is a name to look out for. She plays the feisty and resourceful uh, reporter Abigail Fix, a young woman determined to make it in a man's world. All these characters suffer personal hardships and successes, which ultimately welds them together into a tough, cohesive unit. Moments that stick in my mind include the uh, scene on the train where Fogg is asked by a young boy whether men will make it to the moon. Immediately the phrase, Jadoon platoon upon the moon, rolled across my mind, as I'm sure it happened to David Tennant as well. Passepartout's escapade in the governor's house in Hong Kong, where he is attempting to steal the family heirloom and return it to its rightful owners, is very amusing. His misadventures had me perched on the edge of my seat and were both amusing and suspenseful at the same time. There are m moments of romance, both blossoming and remembered for all three of the adventurers as well. In the end, they win the wager by the skin of their teeth, but the real reward for all three of them was the fact that they were 80 days older, but years more immature and wiser. This series is a shining example of what the BBC is capable of when they put their mind to it and stick to the original source material. Anyway, that's enough of my ramblings. Hopefully I shall be back in the studio for the next podcast. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying... Be seeing you. Interesting as ever. Yep. Yeah, delightful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It did make the temperature of the room go down slightly. It did, yeah. yeah. Low hums of didgeridoo in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the wail of discontented souls. But Yes. <laughs> is it done yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're over. We're over. Okay. Up now, ladies and gentlemen, we have feedback. Feedback. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful person <laughs> just one person just the one i think we've got some audio i'm not sure we'll we do have some audio we do too. have some audio okay. let's not forget it this time <laughs> it's okay we've got no fake key theater no let's barrel on through it yeah <laughs> we have one here from naya dear staggering storytellers this is entirely about ghosts so it's up to you whether you want to read it on air or not it's from you. Of course we want to read yeah, it on air. Of course. I am in the enviable position of being able to watch both the UK and the US version of Ghosts. Uh, yes, true. And they have their strengths and weaknesses. Right. I don't know why CBS hasn't officially picked up the series yet. It's been a solid fan favourite and the ratings have been fairly good. Okay. Maybe they're waiting to see how COVID affects the show. Yeah, tricky one. The last two episodes have been delayed because one of the series regulars, we don't know whom, has got sick. <laughs> it's been interesting to compare these and see what's changed. Yeah. Robbie the Caveman has been replaced with... I'm probably going to really mangle these names and I do apologise. Robbie the Caveman has been replaced by Thorfinn the Viking because there are rumours of Vikings exploring North America. Yes. His power over electrics has been explained as his having been killed by lightning. Okay, he hasn't nice. explained it for uh, Robin, No, he? no, he just does. 
Headless Humphreys has been replaced with Crash, a headless 1950s greasy motorcycler who has only been seen in the background twice. Okay. There's no American version of Mary the Witch or Thomas the Poet. Instead, there are Flower the Hippie and Saspanasis, the Native American, Liapa tribe. Okay. Kitty doesn't exactly have an American analogue in that there is no desperately naive, emotionally needy ghost. The role of black woman in the assemble Mm. is Alberta, the 1920s jazz singer. Interesting, yeah. Matriarch's Fanny is Matriarch (laughs) Hetty. They're much the same. Okay, yeah. The World War II captain is replaced by Captain Isaac of the Revolutionary War, mm. who's extremely flamboyantly gay <laughs> and tends to make a lot of double entendre jokes along the lines of all the men who are served under me enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Excuse me a bit. Are you being served? Is it? <laughs> yeah. He also had a running joke about Hamilton the musical for a while. Right. Pat is named Pete over here mm-hmm. but is otherwise much the same pointless julian the mp Pant- uh, sorry pantless <laughs> julian the mp is pantless trevor the wall street trader he retains the power to touch things <laughs> really? the plague pit in the basement is replaced with a cholera pit oh it's much nicer yeah a few others have changed to fit the American sensibilities. For instance, the gambling in the first few minutes of the UK version disappeared. Mm. Gambling is considered a sin in more conservative areas. <laughs> On the other hand, Hetty is constantly recommending cocaine and laudanum <laughs> and suggesting factory child labour. Okay. The biggest change for the American taste is the underlying premise. In the UK version, the husband trapped them in the house by not understanding the pre- predatory loans, Mm. and that's a lot of humour in the first season, comes from the living couple's increasingly desperate and doomed attempt to cash in. Over here, that's less funny than sad. (laughs) The Christmas special especially grated, the first because Mike's family were just horrible practically abusive people mm-hmm. the second because it makes clear that fanny was essentially sold against her will to her murderer yeah. the u.s version has a living couple invest all their money into the building but they do so knowingly and willingly and they don't seem to have be so frantic to recoup it okay it also seems a lot more bonding between rose and her husband between the ghosts and between rosa and the ghosts every episode ends with some form of i appreciate you guys which (laughs) is okay which comes across a little bit like a moralistic child's cartoon (laughs) but then where the uk version drives a lot of its humor from doom's attempt Mm -hmm. to make a go of the bed and breakfast wedding venue Mm -hmm. the u.s version's most popular episode is about the interaction and aren't based on their British counterparts. Okay. The ghosts getting Rosa to help them play D&D. Mm. The jazz, jazz fan who's so obsessed with Alberta that there's even an episode where someone gets possessed by one of the ghosts. Oh, right. Mm, anyway, if you get the chance, do watch the US version. I really like it. And with the exception of the three established episodes, it's completely different from the UK version. I got to admit, this is I'm I'm a fan of the UK version, yeah, and this is something I want to watch merely to compare to see how they're different. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I won't see it, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be 
chuff because American humour, as Naya says, tends to be much more upbeat. Whereas British humour is much more like beating down the characters. Well, this, this is it. I, I, I do remember there's on YouTube some of the there's a Steve Stephen Fry yeah, audience yeah. and he explains the difference between British humour and American humour. Yeah. British humour. There's a scene in Animal House where Bluto walks down the stairs, grabs somebody's guitar and smacks it against the wall. Most American comics want to be Bluto. Most British comics want to be the guy who's playing the guitar. Because okay. <laughs> yeah. that's where the joke yeah, is. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You're, Ameri- you're American- set upon everything's yeah. against you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> American humour, the joke is with Bluto. With British humour, the joke is with the poor guy who's just got his guitar smashed. Yeah. It's very true. So it'd be interesting to see how that differs. Yeah. I think I will find it funny, mm-hmm. but for different reasons. A bit like The Office. Yeah. The American version of The Office feels much more sitcom-y. Yeah. Whereas the British version of The Office is much more cringy. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It is more fly on the wall. Yeah. You're watching bizarre characters, but they could be real people almost. Yeah. Whereas it's... in the US version, these are a bit too sitcom-y. Yeah. And so I, I have worked... I have known and worked people who were the Ricky Gervais character. Oh, yeah. That's one of the reasons why I probably don't like The Office, because I recognise that and I find no. it. <laughs> that's why it's so successful over I'm, here. I'm, I'm not because denying that. a lot that. of people could, could see I worked there yeah, or I worked there now. That, that's Fred. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Different. So, just oh, different. Yeah, very different. But I like different market, so it should be different. I, I will still keep my eye. If I get the chance, I will watch it. I quite want. I want to watch it. I'm not sure it ever be shown in this country. It might be shown on one of the um, I don't know Sky Channel, something like that. It might appear on the. It won't. On the more I don't. Obscure yeah, I don't anything. think it will get out on mainstream. But no. I don't suppose the UK ghost appears very prominently in America. Either. Yeah. It might be somewhere on Britbox or maybe BBC America. Yeah, yeah. A bit more obscure. Right. Any road up. We have a bit of audio feedback. Woo! Woo! Right, it's from Graham Sheridan. Yes. Hello, Graham. Graham! Hello, Staggerers. Graham for the Pratchett Podcast here. For signing a bit out of breath. Oh. I'm doing my rounds as usual. Oh. And okay. about looking at buildings. Make Ooh. sure nobody's, no, nobody's nicked them. Yeah, anyway, um, so he's on location. First things first, uh-huh. Walter Kearney. Ah. Yes, even he's not going to know how to pronounce his own name, since <laughs> it's the German for king. Oh, OK. So, carrying on. Uh, Walter King. Here's yeah. some predictions for oh, 2022. Right. Oh, yes, yeah. Predictions. Announcement of Deadpool 3. That'd oh, be yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Hope so. Though I think they might be holding off at the moment to see if they can actually do something out of the comic books. Which uh-huh. is a Spider-Man and Deadpool crossover. Oh, yes. Oh, there are many series fun. worth of material to actually have a go out there. And, mm. well, just imagine. Just Tom, imagine. who can't keep a secret. Mm. And the wonderful Ryan. Getting them two together. Mm. That's going to be a wonderful nightmare. <laughs> Could be interesting. Yeah. Oh, other predictions. Mandalorian would go into strength to strength. Yeah, hopefully. Book of Boba Fett. We'll have a look. Possibly a season two. Mm-hmm. Yep. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Fears. Mm. The Book of Boba Fett will only be one series. <laughs> <laughs> possible, uh, I don't like to predict anybody dying, so I'll skip that. Okay. <laughs> and a not-so-30-second recommendation. Oh, yep. recommendation. Another book series for you to look at. Yeah. It's the Ink and Sigil series. There's two books at the moment. And basically, it's... How can we describe this? The person themselves, the main character, doesn't really have any magical powers themselves. But through concocting certain inks, 
and writing sigils with these inks, Ooh,、okay. they can create certain power-ups for themselves and for other people. Now,、uh, you can imagine sort of a, a Scottish version of、uh, what I'll call it、uh, the Rivers of London, I、yeah, suppose, I、like、it. but it's written by an American. Okay,、um, it's been a lot of fun. Had the audio book, despite it being read by an American, he tried to do a Scottish accent, which was actually <laughs> dreadful. Yeah, I can say that. Where was I born? Yeah, it's great. I'm being back in quite a while. I need to fix that. But anyway, getting back to this, despite the fact that the guy's accent was so. Bloody awful! <laughs>、um, the books were fantastic. Yeah.、Okay. So the first one is called、uh, Inks and Sigil, and the second one is、uh, oh, and I had a brain fart. If you start, if you look up on Amazon, Ink and Sigil, it'll show you the second one automatically. Oh yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, they usually do. So、uh, greetings to the head of Partway, <laughs> and、uh, oh. Once before I forget, thank you for the postcard. Let's say the Christmas card. I think I was the first person to get one.、Mm. Made me feel really special, to be quite honest. Yes, I think you were the first person to get one. So bye for now. Thank you. Thank、Goodbye. you. Thank you. I have to keep my eye open for that one. Inconsiderable. Yes. Yeah. It's difficult reviewing books on this podcast because it takes people quite a bit of time, time to read a book read. and、yeah. different people different amounts of time because of how much spare time they've got. Yeah. But we really should try to, particularly if it's an audio book, we should try to do a long term thing where you got two months to yeah <laughs> listen yeah. to this audio book or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've got a couple of book series now. He's recommended. Yeah. Well, he said if it's you like、uh, Rivers of London, and I, I enjoyed Rivers of London enormously. Yes. So yeah, and there is of course a new one coming out sometime this year. Yeah,、uh, mid-year, isn't it? I've got to look where I am, how far I'm behind. I think I'm up to date. Apart from the the comics, I think I'm missing a few of the graphic novels. Yeah. Well,、uh, where the books concerned, I only have them. On ki- I don't physically own the copy. I own the Kindle one, and I've got to find out where about、oh, okay. how far.、I'm- I've got them in hardback, and I've also got the audio books for each of those good old Cobner books. Yes. Yeah. And talking of books and audio books in particular, we have a plug. Oh, a plug! We do have the plug. We do have a plug. Is it a three pin or two pin? Oh, it could be even more than that. Oh, yeah, it could be a paradoxy one. A a forty five pin. Good old Tin Dog Michael、ah. from the Tin Dog podcast. Tin has been writing and narrating、oh. an audio book. I'm jealous of him. Yeah, it's the Faction Paradox range,、Ooh. which you, people may know is spinoff from.、Uh, is that the Virgin Books? No, was it the BBC? Books? It started in Virgin, but it was established in the BBC Eighth Doctor books. Right, it's owned not by the BBC, so yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, it, it, it gets very confusing here. It does. So it is called Faction Paradox: Colon The Confession of Brother Signet. It's an audio download.、Uh, you can get it from bbvproductions.co.uk. Yep. For a princely sum of two pounds ninety nine. Pretty good deal. That's a very good deal. And it's written and performed by Michael Gilmore Sinclair, and the the blurb is: Brother Signet wants to do his bit in the war effort and help protect Faction Paradox. But he may have opened a Lovecraftian box he can't quite control. Hmm. I've not heard it yet myself. There's nothing worse than a Lovecraftian box. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Does it get trouble there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the simple name you should know. Don't touch. Yeah. He also did the front cover. Oh, I shall have to. Good, I have to say. I shall have、yeah. to have a look at these. Yeah. He's a、um, man of many talents. He's old Tinny. And apparently far too much time given all the podcasts <laughs>、yeah. and everything else he produces. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yep. Yes, indeed. So we haven't heard it, but, but he's a great guy. I'm sure yeah, he's really good. On going on past things that Tinny has done, yes, I would recommend it. Based on that, yeah. Based absolutely. on that. I would too. And uh, maybe we will give that a listen as well. I think we should. Right. Well, in that case, I think that brings us to the end of another podcast. Yes. And we didn't have any parties that we shouldn't have had. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Or did we? Shh. And so, dear listener, that brings us to the end of another podcast. But never fear, in the next one, there'll be more of the same. (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) More fun, frivolity, and jollity. More news and reviews. More who, old and new. (laughs) Me. So until that time comes towards us, this is me, (laughs) Keith, saying, be seeing you. This is me, Stephen, saying, and goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 385, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Keith Dunn, and Stephen Clare. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is a El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. One, two, three. You have a cardboard skull under your table. Yeah, what's the head of Bertu one uh, Halloween? Oh, okay. Testing, testing. Yep. Cardboard skull. Right. Karen Gillan naked. There's <laughs> <laughs> attention. <laughs> pluggery. Oh, we've got a pluggery. Don't forget the pluggery. Oh, yes. Any more business? Audio feedback? That was the audio feedback. Oh, this is audio feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I was zoned out for a minute then. I'm sorry. <laughs> Long day. You fell asleep. Yeah. This poor lad. Yeah. A very small one yeah. in people, but very long. S- small, but beautifully formed. <laughs> what happens at this podcast stays, stays at, this at the podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You should listen to the outtake. No, don't no, listen no, to no, the no, outtakes. No. no. <laughs> sure, there are many just there, isn't there? We've been really on top. On po- yes. Well, on you point. S- you see, it's crumbly in the women. Yeah. And I'm going to pay for that later, I know. <laughs> oh, we got So we're going to do it next time. We have the power. Right, yes. Oh, we do. I, I think they what... don't like. <laughs> should we do Stark Ops to really irritate Karen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do Stark Ops. No. <laughs>